I remember so distinctly when I got off the plane in New York with my two overweight suitcases, (laughs) Uh, my two extremely heavy suitcases. And I set them down and it felt like the weight of the world had lifted and I was finally home and the suitcases, like I went to pick them up again and they felt like nothing. And I, you know, I moved into my Harlem apartment and pursued theater here for a couple of years. And, um, I did a couple of off-Broadway shows and did a whole bunch of other like regional shows and, and, um, different indie theater productions and stuff here, did some film work. Um, so it, you know, it didn't, you know, I'm not famous. I'm not a superstar. Um, but I did get to live that dream. So that was very exciting. And I like, I hope and a prayer, like I saved up money for a year and just moved here hoping it would work out. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hello, you. How are you doing today? Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast. I'm so glad you're back. And this is your first time listening. Welcome. Uh, Today's guest is actually one of my favorite humans. She's known me since I was like 18, 19 years old. (laughs) Um, We were joking um, on the podcast that like our friendship is like legally allowed to drink. Um, (laughs) And so if you watched on the YouTube channel, you saw us cheers our water. Um, But the truth is, is that Claire Solly is our guest today. And the reason I wanted to have her on is because, you know, she is a master manifester and she also has led a life journey that is something that I believe we're all on. And she has done it. And you know that quote, like you can't connect the dots going forward. You can only go to connect them going backwards. I think it's the, um, the Apple guys thing. Anyways, um, she is someone, the two of us, like we designed shoes together at one point in our lives. We both worked at the same retail shop. Um, and you know, you'll hear her talk about how we like slingshot each other. Like we are two friends who, um, will go through like years where we talk every single week and then a year where we don't talk at all. And it's not anything personal. It is just us doing life, talking about a book we should read or something we should do. And, um, what I want you to know about Claire is she is a money mindset coach and she's also a book writing coach, but we talked a lot about money mindset in here. And I, it was really important to me because I really do think that um, most of you, if you're listening to this, do believe you can be it till you see it and you are looking for different tips and strategies to make that happen. And just also remind yourself to do it every day. Cause it is like, it's a muscle, right? Like this muscle of being it till you see it, even when like, there's no evidence that it's actually working. Um, trust me. I know I've been there. Like y'all, I was homeless and my car was totaled and the studio I rented supplies from was closing. And there was not a lot of evidence every single day or even for weeks that was showing me that like, I was on the right path. And then I got this phone call that I was the best supplies instructor in Los Angeles by Los Angeles magazine. So woo, it's pat on the back. But like, I know how hard it is because of that. Like, 
it's not the only time where you can be being it till you see it and just be going, am I like, really? <laughs> is this even working? Is this BS? And so I wanted to bring her on to talk about money mindset because she has gotten herself in and out of debt two times. She has some great tips to talk to you about. Um, and so you are going to want to read her entire bio in um, the show notes because you're going to be like, what? Who is this woman? But I'll tell you a quick little thing about her. She is a longtime friend of me and she's a total boss babe uh, who has published two of her own novels and has more on the way. Claire's a master manifester who has made many of her own dreams come true. She has dug herself out of debt twice, runs two indie theater companies in New York City, and she runs her own company, You Won't Be Solly, where you can learn her tricks and tips to being a master manifester or even write your own book or both. You also get the money mindset coaching. So Anyways, keep reading in the show notes about how amazing she is and take a listen. This is going to be something you want to rewind to listen to how she manifests um, money in her life and how you can too, so that you can be it till you see it. So um, now check out this message and then we'll get to the show. As you know, you cannot fit you in around everything else. Instead, I have my students schedule their life around their Pilates. I want to give you a free 30 minute Pilates workout. Go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash beitpod. Again, onlinepilatesclasses.com slash B-E-I-T-P-O-D. And let me help you make time for you. At OPC, our 30-minute workouts help you do life better. Okay, everyone. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast. Okay, I, I'm, I promise you that this is a podcast and it's not just a phone call between two friends, but today's guest has been one of my like sisters from other mothers <laughs> and besties since I think we started, I think we met each other in 2002, 2001, 2002. Right. No, it had to be before that, uh, 2000 or 2001, I think. Yeah, it was back when I was in college and I was looking for a job and I just remember walking into the store and it was like everything about it was just like so beautiful. And then there was Claire and she was standing at this counter and I swear, cause she's so tall. I thought she was standing on like, um, like a, like a, like a, like a counter, like there was like a porch that the counter was around. So when <laughs> I did get the job and it was just the same floor, I was like, how tall is that girl? <laughs> Anyways, Claire Solly is our guest today. And Claire, will you tell everyone where you're from and who you are? All the good things. Um, I'm happily, my name is Claire Solly. I um, am calling in or calling in, uh, zooming in, podcasting in um, from Queens, New York. Uh, for those of you that know New York City, I'm right by LaGuardia Airport. Um, I've been in the New York area, mostly Manhattan for the last 10 years. It'll be 11 in September. And I um, am a, a, a Jill of all trades and um, I'm a coach. Uh, um, a wellness coach, a money management and book coach and, uh, and many other things. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we both had many lives together in our time that we've known each other because we also were shoe designers together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I forgot about that until one day someone brought something up and I was like, Oh yeah, I used to design shoes and people like you used to design shoes. I'm like, yeah. And we actually sold them for a lot of yeah, money. <laughs> we did. We did. We sold them for a lot of shoes. You know, it's funny. Um, 
I, I was thinking about this like last week and I was like, Ooh, where's a piece of paper? I have to write this down because it just like came across my brain and you are my slingshot friend. Like you are my friend that like projects me forward. And then like we meet up and then like, I shoot you forward in something like we always send each other like sound bites and tidbits and like, Hey, you should listen to this or you should go read this book or, you know, it's okay. Chin up. You'll get through this. And it's like, I don't think I would be where I am if you weren't in my life. Like we continually just help each other propel forward. And it's, it's weird because it's like, you know how runners, like, you know, this, cause you are a runner. Like when you're in a race, like runners, you don't want to run alone. You want to run a track with other people to help you keep pace. And like, I don't see myself anywhere competing with you, but it's, it's seriously, it feels like you're my slingshot friend. Like you were just like, keep going forward. And then I'm like, uh, okay, it's your turn. You go forward. So anyway, I love it. I've, I've not heard that term of slingshot friend, but it's absolutely so true because you know, you are the one who put my application at the top to make sure. Cause I got a phone call before I, I read the, rode the bus at that time. So I got a phone call before I was even off the bus. <laughs> And, um, and then, you know, we just, we've been doing that for each other since, since like 21 years, our friendship can drink cheers to that. Um, (laughs) and, um, so, but here's something that I, one of the things that I wanted to bring you on for, cause I mean, besides that you're one of my best friends, I wanted to just chat with you and hear so people could hear like how we've helped each other out. It's that when you moved to me was to me, one of the, be it till you see it's like in, like I got to watch it happen because, you know, you were out of college, we were living in Orange County and you would go to New York and you would like pretend to be like, you would go to New York and walk around and you went there frequently before you moved there. And I always felt like, and maybe I was making it up, but I always felt like you were like basically pretending to live there when you would go there so that you would like have friendships and have connections so that you could move. Am I making that up? Yeah, no, you're not. It's interesting that you say that too. Cause just now, as you were talking about it, um, like I always think about like those, the, like the people that like make it big and there's always like that very low moment right before they completely, um, go massively like large or whatever. And, and, um, I don't know, like it it was weird because there were all these little things that were like massive at the time. Um, so yeah, so I, And they were all negative things. Like it was all directing me away from the life that I was living. Um, I was living in Southern California. I had decided I, I, um, I had gotten my degree. I got a double emphasis degree in acting and design. Uh, so I could like create, you know, design theater productions, do costumes and whatnot. And I wasn't using it. I went into the corporate world. I was working in a desk job. Um, I liked it, but I wasn't like, I was more like, I was in my early mid twenties. I was in my mid twenties. Um, and I was like, Hey, let's do the like picket fence and the husband and the house and the dogs and the kids. And let's head down that path. And, you know, I don't really need theater anymore. And then I started, I was visiting New York. Um, a friend of mine had moved here. She got breast cancer. So I started visiting a couple of times a year for like two years. Um, she ended up, ended up passing away. I got shingles at 28, like a terrible case of shingles. I was, um, I, I was like on, uh, I was down for my job for about a month and then I went back to work and things just sort of didn't work out and they ended up 
moving me into a different position and sort of like they were trying to get me out kind of situation. And finally, yeah, um, the writing's on the wall when that's happening. (laughs) Yeah. They finally just kind of like, let me go and gave me severance and, and, um, and I was on unemployment for a while and I was like, what do I do? Like, I'm not getting, you know, I'm not happy in life. Like what, what am I doing? Like I tried, I tried, you know, I, I guess I, I tried the, the, um, saving money and having a car and, and trying to buy a house. And like, I was dating like crazy and like nothing, not like no relationships were sticking. Like, um, talk about biological clock ticking. Like it was going crazy at the end of my, uh, at the end of my twenties. And, I was like, I was seeing friends move to New York and actually just be moving back because they either made it enough or they didn't make it or they were trying it. I was like, wait, why am I not doing this? And so I, um, I sold, uh, or got rid of, you know, donated anything and everything I had. I was living with a friend at the time. Um, I boxed up, um, like a lot of my clothes and shipped them to New York and, um, traveled on a plane with two suitcases. And I remember so distinctly when I got off the plane in New York with my two overweight suitcases, (laughs) um, my two extremely heavy suitcases and I set them down and it felt like, the weight of the world had lifted and I was finally home and the suitcases, like I went to pick them up again and they felt like nothing. And I, you know, I moved into my Harlem apartment and pursued theater here for a couple of years. And, um, I did a couple of off Broadway shows and did a whole bunch of other like regional shows and, and, um, different indie theater productions and stuff here, did some film work. Um, so it, you know, it didn't, you know, I'm not famous. I'm not a superstar. Um, but I did get to live that dream. So that was very exciting. And I like, I hope in a prayer, like I saved up money for a year and just moved here, hoping it would work out. See, I, what I was, what I loved about you sharing, like all the bad things that happened is it was literally like the universe going, how many doors we have to close on this girl to get her to get on a plane. And we oft, I think we can easily see these things that are in air quotes, bad. This is a bad thing. And actually, no, it's just that you're just on someone else's path. You're not listening. And it's so true. Like, I think it's really easy, even if you're like a rebel to somehow still end up going through the white picket fence with the partner, with the 2.5 kids and, and think, well, I could still have it all. And it's, you know, no, you're, you, even if you didn't make it like, uh, like on the, the lights of a Broadway show as the star, it doesn't mean you didn't make your dream happen and in a different capacity. And it puts you on this other path that you're on. And you mentioned something like you saved up for a year, which I mean, it's so hard for me to save up. I was like, we're moving to Vegas. We have nine days. We're going. <laughs> make it happen. I just am a little too impatient. But I think a lot of people that where they get stuck is that they're like, okay, LL. All right, Claire, that sounds great. Like you moved. Good for you. Like you saved up for your, but it's easy for people. The money is something that really gets, keeps them from doing something either because it's too expensive to try or they're too in debt to even get to see the forest of the trees. And I know that you have um, some really awesome experience in money mindset. And I was hoping you would share a little bit about that with, with us. I'd love to. Um, I, I, you know, I've, it, it's funny because I have dug myself out of debt twice. 
Um, and I, again, moved across the country, had no job. Like I was working few part-time jobs and I like magically found, I was here for eight months before I found a job. So like things just sort of, um, I don't want to say they magically worked out because like, I, I remember working hard for things and, and there were days where like I was panicked and whatever. Um, but money, the thing, the thing that people don't understand about money is money is just energy. Like, like a calorie is just energy. So we want to burn calories. We want to eat enough calories. It's, it's just an exchange of energy. So money for all intents and purposes, like way back in the medieval times, you know, you had a goat and you wanted some corn so you could, you know, feed your family. And so, and, you know, some milk and whatever. So you would trade your goat, but the guy who had the corn didn't necessarily need a goat. So you would trade the goat to somebody else, um, for some, I don't know, for a donkey. And then you would trade the donkey to the, and it was just a, um, money made it easier for people people to exchange things. You could just sell one thing outright, use money to pay for another thing. So, and actually, you know, where this is really funny not to interrupt you, but I'm going to, the, the, the thing about money also is it became easier for them to track debt. And that's really like, was the biggest impetus to like making money, something you would hold on to and have tangible and have meaning on it because they needed to track people's debt. Because like you said, you know, you would trade a donkey for a goat but like the guy who wanted the donkey to give it to the barley guy only had a goat. So he owes that donkey guy money. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, we could go on and on about debt and credit scores and all of the shenanigans that like that stuff is like, uh, like I'll come back and talk about that another day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so money is just energy. So if you hold that, and that's a, a hard concept for people to understand, it is just a flow of energy. And that's the important word in that sentence, flow. So you have to let things flow. You can't just sit there with your pile of money and go, oh my gosh, this is my pile of money. I hope that it's enough. Did I have enough money to move to New York? I absolutely did not. I, I just knew that I would eventually figure out how to make more money. You can always make more money. You can always earn more money. You can, it's, you can spend more money. It's totally fine. So you can't just sit there and hold your money in a vacuum. You have to like, let it go out and you, and it will come in. And something I started doing actually with the going out that the outflow and inflow of money is everybody gets so excited when they win money or when you get a little bit more money, or you realize you look at your bank account on your phone and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's a hundred more dollars in there than I thought, but nobody ever cheers the money going out. And the thing is when money leaves your hands, when you pay your electric bill, when you pay your cable bill, you're putting other people to work. You're creating an ecosystem. You're helping move things along when you donate money, when you buy groceries, like it is such a bigger picture than just a dollar. So anytime you put money out into the world, you're creating a flow. So you should be very excited. And so when I write, especially when I write big checks or when I know that like, um, like my car payment is coming out of my bank account, I will go look at it and I will get really happy and really excited that that money is going away from me. Um, and it never fails. It never fails. Like within 48 hours, a good chunk of money comes back to me that I either didn't 
remember that was coming in or just magically decided to flow my way magically. I don't know why I should say that. It just decided to flow my way. So because I am a channel for money, which if, you know, if you're not into flow and things like that and, and, and vibrations and whatever, this might sound a little woo woo, but if, you know, whatever faith you believe in, whatever you believe in, like universe, God, whatever, things show up for you when you need them. And when you prove yeah. you need them or you prove that you're going to use them well, they will show up for you. So I think, did we both read Big Magic at the same time? We did because that was we your did. first podcast. We were originally going to get to a book club podcast. <laughs> we were, we totally were. We totally were. And, um, Oh my God, we, that somehow I'll have to make that happen. That book has so much staying power. It's like five years old, but the same thing that comes with ideas and creativity is money because it is all energy, right? Everything yeah. is. And it's really true. If you like, like if you hold on to an idea and you don't tell anyone about it, guess what? You will never make it happen. Yeah. It like ideas want to be born and they have to be talked about and you can share them because James Altucher said to, in a podcast like seven years ago, and it changed my world. He said, 98% of people will never take action on an idea. So you could literally tell everybody your ideas and li only 2% of them might actually take action. That doesn't even mean they'll do them. And even if they did, because they're not you, it won't be the same thing, right? So, um, yeah. so, the, so the reason I, I came up was like, I, I grew up in a household that like the money was gone before it came in because we were in debt. So it was just like always gone. And it was always, no, we can't afford it. No, we can't afford it. And I remember being in college and people inviting me to things and saying, no, I can't afford it. And I got really annoyed when it came out of my mouth because I sounded like my parents. And I was like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say I can't afford anything anymore. I want to have new phrases. So Claire, for someone who is like, okay, I believe money is energy. I hear you, but I really don't feel like I can't afford things right now. What do they need to say instead so that it doesn't have that, like, I know I can't afford it or I don't have any money? Like, what's well, a better phrase? I mean, going back to your, um, your, your bring upbringing, like a lot of people feel that they're in a famine, uh, situation. And it's like, well, no, you're not in a famine situation. Like you have clean flowing water. You have a roof over your head. You have two hands or you have a mind, you have, um, you have abilities to do things no matter who you are, no matter what background you, you have. Um, and if you can't afford things, do you really need them? So that's part of it. And for people that are listening, that are like bare bones, like, ah, I have no money. Like just take a breath, ask for what you need tell yourself, I started having a mantra about 20 years ago. And I said, I posted on sticky notes on my, on my mirror, on my bedroom, uh, um, on my bedroom wall, like on the door frame, as I would walk out of my room, it was on my mirror in the bathroom. And my mantra was all the money I want and need will be available. All the money I want and need will be available. And I just said that mantra anytime I got afraid, because that's the thing you were in this, this famine situation and you were afraid. So, or your family was afraid. So you were, think of like, you know, flow, you know, in whatever vessel, whatever tube in, in whatever highway. And it's like being squeezed. It's like your fists are being squeezed. Like nothing's going to flow through that. Right. Um, 
And like your blood's not going to flow if you tense your muscles, like things like that. So you have to relax and, and you have to refocus and go, I am okay. I am not afraid. Everything I want will be provided for me. Like whatever I need will be there. You just have, and it sounds completely bonkers, completely bonkers. Um, <laughs> and I laugh because I had a moment one day, like right before I moved to New York, where I was panicked that I would not be able to afford toothpaste. I had a panic attack brushing my teeth because I had half a tube of toothpaste. And I was like, what if this is the last toothpaste I can ever afford? What I'm, I'm moving across the country. I have a thousand dollars in my bank account. I don't know what I'm going to do. Literally having a panic attack over toothpaste. And it is hysterical because every time I panic about money now, toothpaste or a toothbrush shows up in my life. Some sort of like, <laughs> some sort of freebie or a friend like gives me a tube of toothpaste or like, it's just the weirdest thing. It's, and if you, it's if like you, a sign saying, Hey, Claire, you have money because you have toothpaste. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. And if you just sit back and and relax and you can take my mantra. If you want, you can have your own, whatever will help you center and relax and just know that what you need will come when you need it. Just like the toothpaste for me, <laughs> you will get it. I, I agree. Like, I think, um, I know you're, um, a master manifester and I think, um, you know, I think some people, they, they have a hard time with the, the manifesting because I think that they know what they want, but they are manifesting like it might not happen. I don't think that they realize that they're doing that because they're like, I really want this thing. But while they're thinking about it, they're thinking of all the different ways that could go wrong or all the different ways of why it's not their turn or it's not their time or they don't have time or, you know what I mean? And so, um, so what are, what are some, what are some of your ways of like manifesting? Like what's your favorite Wait a minute. I don't know. Is there a way well, you manifest? I mean, our crazy monkey brain, our subconscious doesn't hear negative words. It only hears like the tangible word. So if you're like, I don't want to be poor, your subconscious will only hear poor. Um, so make, turn your phrases to positive. Like, uh, um, uh, like I have, and it, if you just walk around and you're like, I'm wealthy, like, I, or I'm like, and grateful gratitudes, right? I'm grateful that I have running water. I am grateful that I have electricity. Um, so I, and you can say things like, I'm grateful that I have money in my bank account. I am grateful that I have $10 in my, in my wallet. Like if you just think about the positive things and you know, Hey, maybe the Jim Carrey thing has never worked for me where he like wrote himself the, the check for what is it? 25 grand yeah. or something like that or a million dollars I can't remember what it is but um yeah it was like a million I think he wrote it didn't he give it to his dad or something it was like there was something really touching about it but anyways yeah I, I mean I don't that doesn't work for me, for me. <laughs> yeah but maybe but yeah just turn it positive like I have what I need or what I need will come for me or and the thing with manifesting too is that our fight or flight response starts to kick in and we start to problem solve because we 
you know, we need to solve the immediate or we need to solve the, the soon upcoming. Like I only have two, two meals in my freezer. So I need to make sure that I get more than $10 in my bank account so I can have food for a couple of days. Well, just tell yourself, well, you have food right now. You're fine. You can make it work. Like we've all been in a place where we've had a scarcity of something and we've all made it work. So yeah. I think that's really, a, um, if you can, I don't know if anyone can hear my dogs barking. I'm so sorry. Welcome to working from home. But, um, I think what's really fascinating about, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really like 100% of the time living in a life where you only think positive is pretty impossible, but it's very much turning that around. And like the subconscious is really malleable. And that if you do catch yourself saying something really negative, you can say several more things positive and like outweigh that negative thought. So just like, you know, extra talk around that. Um, and, um, the other thing is, is that like, I, I find that, you know, you said flight or flight and it made me think of like stress and our brain also does not want to be stressed out. So if the thing that you're wanting is actually causing you stress, cause you're afraid you're not going to have it, not gonna bring it's it going to run away from that. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. It is. Um, and I mean, I also do an exercise where I'm, I meditate and I think of expansion. So, and this is something, if you're not good at meditating, you don't have to like sit down and get in a, in a complex, state. Um, you can do it at like, as you're falling asleep or like, if you're like in the zone, um, on like your workout or some sort of situation, like brushing your teeth, you can even do it then like, or in the shower, we all have those moments where we're just kind of like Zen and, and our, our wheels and our brain are kind of going. And if you think about your, your bank account or your credit card or whatever, think of it as some sort of vessel. So some sort of space. So for me, mine is sort of like, um, it's sort of like a big warehouse. Like I think of like those vast warehouses or like a huge office building that's like completely empty and just waiting for someone to come in. And, um, you can think of like your money or how much money you have on your credit card as like a pile in the corner. Right. So that's, that's what you've got. And if you think about how much space you have and just tell yourself, I have so much space for money. I have so much space for wealth to come in for me. And you can actually sit there and mentally move the walls back and build yourself more space. And you can have, like, it can be a field with a fence around it, or you can have a big outdoor space. You can have a mountain with some sort of invisible force field or a valley or something, you know, whatever it is for you. And it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. And this just came to me a couple of months ago, but I, and I don't do this every day. Um, I will add it into my meditation or I'll, I'll add it into my, my thinking, um, as I'm falling asleep, if the negative thoughts are coming in and, you know, I'm listening to my, my beach waves or my, um, you know, if I'm not listening to a, a lead meditation, I just think about expanding my, my money vessels because credit cards and bank accounts are pretty much the same thing. A lot of people get so afraid of, oh my gosh, I have so much debt. I have so much racked up on my credit right. card, but honestly, it's just more space. It's just creating more space for you to yeah. 
create things. And it's, it's the more space you have, the more room for money there is. Yeah, no, you're 100%. I think a lot of people are raised like credit card debt is bad and all this is bad. Well, let me just tell you, if you don't use them, you also don't have a credit score. So then you can't even buy a house. So like, there's this game you have to play. And if you think of it as a game and you have fun with it and you see those credit cards as like, as a way to continue to build something with a positive and that's very intentional spending, it's very different than like, oh, I just really want to have this shirt that I don't need. Like it's different than that. Like if you're using this to like make your magic happen or, um, or put it towards something that's like the thing that you're really wanting to do. And you have, as Claire mentioned earlier, this like positive energy towards that bill, right? Like I, I make sure when Brad and I pay our taxes, I'm like, there's nothing stressful about taxes. Taxes are amazing. We get to pay them. How much money do we owe? Tell me how big it is. Like, I don't know. You know, (laughs) um, and it's not like I'm excited. It's just that I want to stay excited about all the things. And I think it's really, um, I, I think it's a mindset shift that a lot of people have to make because they're like, oh, I'm in credit card debt and that's bad. And it's like, well, you know, ish, if you bought a bunch of like H&M clothes that are in one season and out the next, and maybe that wasn't the best use of your credit <laughs> and your money. But if you're using things to get an education or, or get the computer you need to like, start working on your project or take the course on how to paper mache puppy, like puppets or something. I don't know what you want to do. Like, it's not bad if it's something that you're using to even be your meditative movement meditation. Like that also can be good. Like it's just the energy you put towards it. Right. Um, I, I, I know that you, like you and I have definitely, as we mentioned beginning, have had many lives, you know, we were shoe designers, you did acting, (laughs) your money mindset coach. Um, one of the things, and we don't have to go too much into it, but I think it's important is you do write books and there is a, to me, a self-discipline to writing a book. And I'm not saying that like you're the most perfect self-disciplined person at writing books, but I just thought, you know, so many people have a story that they want to share and, but they feel like they can't write or they don't have the time to write, or they don't even know where to start. And I'm, and I just wondered if you could like tap into that a little bit because, um, I find that like written word about your life or what you've, you've done also is another way to see yourself in something. So I don't know if we can talk a little bit about writing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, writing my first novel was probably one of the most vulnerable things I've ever done in my life. And I've done a lot, like I am one person that will definitely like do so many vulnerable things, like be naked boldly in front of people. Um, literally and figuratively. Um, and my first novel, I started writing in 2012. Um, I was seeing a guy and, uh, it, it didn't turn out well. And I was doing the artist way. Um, if you haven't done it, look it up. It's a fun process. It gets you, it gets you back on track. I've done it twice. Um, I I love my morning pages. I I love love them. I love my morning pages. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a great way to start too. If you have an idea, um, and you want to start just getting things down, just I mean, uh, artist way says write three pages a day, just start writing a page a day, just commit to a page because anybody can write a page while you're, you know, waking up. Um, I do mine half asleep anyway. Like I'm sipping, I make my coffee and I start writing pages. Um, 
And that, that's a great jump start. So yeah, my, my first novel was, uh, it came out of writing these morning pages. Cause I got so tired of saying, Oh, I'm so tired of, or I, I, I'm so heartbroken and so whatever over this guy. And, um, and he wasn't so wasn't worth it. And, um, <laughs> they never are. They never, I, are. <laughs> never. Um, and I started writing letters to myself or no, sorry. I started writing letters to him because I got tired of just complaining. So I was like, well, okay, this is an actionable thing. I'm going to write letters to you. Um, and my first novel is a, is a fiction sort of romancy novel, time travel. Um, and I wasn't satisfied with just the writing the letters. So I started writing answers to myself back. And so some of those letters are actually the very end of my first novel. And I started um, because we're, you know, a subway culture in New York city. I was riding the subway at least an hour a day and I would get out my notebook and I'd just write on the subway, like for an hour, handwrite. And I wrote, I filled up two notebooks and I thought, you know, this is, this is interesting. This is just a story that was coming out of me, had no intention of publishing it or sharing it with anybody. Um, I started telling people, um, that's, it's so funny. Cause I think that I, I wasn't wanting to share it with people, but I was telling everybody that I was writing a book because people started asking me about it. So that's another step you can do. You can just start talking about it with people. If you start telling people that you're writing a book, even if you just have an inkling of an idea or a page, they will help keep you honest. They will, what did I say? Yeah. Slingshot. They will help slingshot you towards your goal. Yeah. Um, and so I just kept writing. I typed it out. I spent a, a weekend and I typed out all my journals and then finished writing it. It took me about two and a half years to write. And then I put it in a drawer and sat on it for a good year and a half and didn't know what to do because I, you were the only person I actually knew who had published a book. And I, oh. I didn't, we weren't really in, like, we weren't talking a whole lot right then. and. Um, I think that was probably around when I was like, it was just post me being homeless. Yeah. And <laughs> so I was a little like, that's just it. Like that's why we're slingshotters. Cause it's like, okay, you slingshot me. And then I like did the thing and then you wanted to publish your book. And I was like, Oh, this is how I did it. It's well, not hard. You actually we were, went through a different service. And it's better than mine. Yeah. Well, and we were actually like, we were across the country and our, like we had sort of like, fallen like we hadn't fallen off as friends but we just sort yeah. of like lost track of each other it was just sort of whatever so i just i didn't know i didn't know um and by random circumstance right uh which i feel is random but looking back it's what i needed in the moment and i probably manifested it i ran into a random stranger at an industry party i was working um in the wedding industry at that point and this guy was a friend of the host who had nothing to do with the industry had stopped by for like 30 minutes of this party. And I caught him right before he was leaving. He was like standing nearby the women's restroom and at a table. And I asked him if he would watch my wine. Cause I didn't want to take my glass of wine in the bathroom. Um, and he, he was like, sure, I'm going to be here for like three minutes. If you're back before then I'll watch it. And so I, I went to the restroom, came back and I started, I thanked him and started talking to him. And he was like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a novelist. And I was like, tell me more. Um, and turns out he was a, a four time, almost five time self-published novelist at the time that one of the biggest tips he gave me, he's like, just publish it. He's like, just get it out there because you can go back and you can change anything in the guts of it. 
Um, or you can change anything. Like you can revise it. You can go back. Like it does not have to be perfect, which blew my mind at the time because I thought, oh, wait, it has to go through an agent and it has to be perfect. And it has to like, no, it doesn't write your book. I, I love that you brought that up because it's, I'm, we are currently, you know, we, at the time that I'm talking to you, I just finished editing the book that I put out in 2013 because, you know, some things have changed. Like you don't need a web page anymore. You actually just need a website. And like Twitter is not necessarily the way to talk to clients because Instagram is around, right? So like there's some things that like needed to be updated as far as the world we live in today. And then a couple other things. And, um, and it's true. It's my book. And I got to, I get to edit it and it's going to go back out there. And, um, and it is just about getting it done because the first one is always like the most, we like make it the most precious. We make it like has to be this perfect thing. And since you published this book, first of all, many people have bought it. It's done really well. And you've published another one. Yeah. Yeah. And my second one, the second novel, I came home Um, I was in between jobs and I sat down and I was like, I am going to write this book in a month and a half. And I sat down, I gave myself a page goal every day. Um, I wasn't going crazy. I, I outlined it. I gave myself, um, an A to Z outline. I didn't follow it exactly, but I wrote for like three hours a day and followed this outline. And in six weeks I had, uh, a a novel and, um, And like all the tools you need are out there. Like you can find an editor, you can find, and they don't have to find an expensive one. Yay. If you do, um, (laughs) I don't suggest having your friends be your editors. They're great as like a first read, but (laughs) definitely let someone do that. And I'm like, "Hmm, that's that, that's the wrong waste. (laughs) Yeah. Because like, even though I love my friends, I will like, they'll say, yeah, let me edit for you. And then they disappear with the book for like a year. (laughs) Right, right. <laughs> Wait, I had a deadline. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it is true. Like you do need outside people, um, but it, it is you know. I think I think um, my favorite part of that whole thing is that you know you met this person randomly, but not randomly. It was you know the, what are the odds, and also of course, and it's like just get it done because then you can do this next one, and you did it faster, and yeah. you had deadlines and. There's so much I love about that because even if you don't meet a deadline that you gave to yourself, just the act of working towards it really helps get you so much clarity um, around what it is that you're doing. Claire, I mean, obviously we'll have to have you back because we have so much more we could talk about, but um, we're going to have, we're going to be back after this quick message because Claire's got some tips for you to actually making your magic happen. So stay with us. I know how much you're enjoying this show. Me too. If you're looking to make more time for you and have more energy, get my free 30 minutes Pilates class at onlinepilatesclasses.com slash be it pod. If you're new here or haven't done this yet, this is a great way to start making yourself a priority. So head over to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash B-E-I-T-P-O-D. Now back to the show. Okay. So Claire, first, where can everyone follow you, um, find you? Obviously, if you if they like wanting some money mindset coaching or some book coaching, where should they go? You can find me on my website. It's youwon'tbesolly.com. So uh, it's, it's all together, no apostrophe and won't. Um, and my last name is S-O-L-L-Y. I'm sure you've got, um, you'll put it in the notes or something, but uh, yeah. youwon'tbesolly.com. 
I love, I love your, I love your URL. It's so much fun. Um, okay. So this is all really fun. People got some really great like inspiration towards manifesting towards also seeing that you could do multiple things in your lifetime and it's awesome and positive, but what, uh, what is something or a couple things that people can do today, this week to actually be it till they see it, anything that's bold or executable or intrinsic or targeted. I mean, I think you can do it in small steps. Like you can go big, you can go, yes, I'm going to move across the country. Um, but in reality, it took me two years to like gear up to get there. Right. Um, you can publish a book. It's going to take time. I think part of it is be realistic, but don't doubt yourself. Um, so go, okay. Yeah. I want to write a book. How much time do I have to do it? Um, can I get up 30 minutes earlier in my day or can I, uh, give myself like my, extend my bedtime by 30 minutes, shut myself in a room, even if it's your bathroom and just write, like just commit to writing. Um, and when it comes to money, don't be afraid of it. Just know that it flows, it flows in and out. And if you have a good, uh, good, isn't right. If you feel solid in what you need the money for. If you have a course you want to take or a course you want to teach or uh, something you want to do to your house or something like if you are solid in what that is, that money will show up for you too. If you are solid in your energy, the other energy will show up. And I think that's generally um, in, yeah. in anything, either in the book writing or in the money manifestation worlds that I, I talk about. If you show up, stuff will show up for you. That is that is beautiful. That is exactly, that is it. And if you show up, stuff will show up for you. Mic drop, amazing moment. <laughs> My dear friend, Claire, thank you so much for hanging out with me this afternoon. Thank you, everyone who's listening. Please do us a big, huge favor and screenshot this podcast. Tag, um, tag Claire, her Instagram handle will be in the show notes. It is, you won't be Solly on Instagram. Yes. Great. She's nodding. Yes. Okay. So, um, and I'm, um, the be it pod. So it'd be it pod. Um, so tag us both with your takeaway so that Claire can see like, what about this podcast really resonated with you. We can literally show up for you and high five you in the DMS. It's so important. Um, and it helps us get this message out to everyone who needs to be it till you see it until next time. See everyone. of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. You see it is a production of As the Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Kevin and Bell at Desenio handle all of our audio editing and some social media content. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music, and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Cioffi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mondal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can. 
and to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.